I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life. All right, on this episode, our main subject is around accepting change, whether that's changing relationships or changing circumstances, changing jobs, and and all of the psychology and the friction that comes into just navigating the changes that we have to as a part of life. So it's a very scattered conversation, uh, came from an interesting place, but as always, we hope you enjoy And then I did a talk to the athletic department. I can't remember what that one was about. It was last year. It was really fun. Got really good feedback. So is it just like go be motivational? A little bit. Um, kind of. Yeah. It's sort of like I probably have the biggest logo of a college that an athlete's gone to from my high school uh-huh. ever. So you're talking about athletics? No, but I'm talking to athletes. Yeah. So the audience is... Because they want somebody who has, quote, been successful, and so you did the thing that they want to do with their athletic endeavors. So they'll give me credibility. So whatever you talk no about, reason. you have the credibility. Right. So I'm supposed to talk about leadership. Ah. And as per usual, I have a little bit of a different stance on this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to talk about um, how often people look at the leader and give them the expectation that it's their job to make it good for them. For example, uh, coach needs to make me better. Uh, the teacher needs to teach me how to know this subject. My boss needs to create a great work environment. It's very, it's- <laughs> very, very wrong in my opinion. I'd say it's uh, a combination. Like, yeah, organizations are the output of people at the top. And so like, if leadership makes a shitty culture you will have a shitty culture, but it's the people who don't take any ownership over the experience. What do you want out of your career? What does this job really need you to be? Like, there's a little bit of the framework that comes from so good they can't ignore you Mm -hmm. that that applies here, which is like, you show up asking for things, but you give nothing. Yeah. You give no value. So what are you asking for? People have this attitude that the job is like, it's purely transactional of I am doing work for you and therefore everything else is for me yeah. because I am doing work for you. Yeah, exactly. It's so stupid. Yeah, exactly. So I like, this I might be a to... controversial statement, but I think that is the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, I write fucking emails and therefore you need to pay me great and bring snacks to the office and make a good work environment and have fun events for us to go to and mental health days and pay for pet insurance and and, because i write fucking emails and i should get paid a hundred thousand dollars because i should (laughs) because i graduated from school yeah (laughs) oh dude i can't but that's i I gotta like like, the world we operate in i gotta like get my talk track put together but it does feel like the world we operate in. But that's great because you're the like rebel against the bullshit kind of thing I a little just bit. Hate which that is whole exactly stance. so that was kind of my energy too of like like I think to multiple of these groups, I was like, personal brand is bullshit. Yeah. It's <laughs> totally true. It's like be who the fuck you are. Yeah. Figure <laughs> out who you are. Be that person. Know what you want. Don't put on some Do facade, it. be Gary V. Yeah. Sorry, Gary V. Gary V might be very much who he is. Yeah, true. But don't Everybody copy. wants Don't to just copy be that. Gary yeah. V. It's a should thing. Because you won't be. It's like everybody goes out there and puts on this facade of what they think they should be. Yeah. And it's like you're going to be screwed. 
Whereas if you were just who you are, I think people make this choice too a lot of times where they um, they get so scared of what it would mean, the changes they would go through if they were who they are, that they won't do the things that allow them to, to do that. Like it was painful to sell the gym and it continues to cause some element of problem for me in a variety of different ways. Still? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, like the exiting of it still. Yeah, uh-huh. But I was not meant to be a gym owner. You told yourself that you were supposed to be. Yeah. And then I told other people that I was supposed to be because I got this gym and I opened it up and I ran this business and that was part of my identity. And the pain of change seemed really strong for a long time. And then it was like, I'm just going to deal with it because it needs to be done. And so I think we like put off what we kind of know we need to do for the pain of change being too scary. Changing jobs. Scary. It can be great. It can be the right thing to do. Yeah. But we're all scared about what is my friend going to say and what happens with the company and will I hate the new place and, 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 and. I want to ask you a completely different out of the blue question. Yeah, please. It just came to mind. This is a world where there's no concern about whether you could make this a reality or not. Assume it could be true. Sure. If you were not in this world, if you're not a salesperson, does not have to be business, anything blank slate, what would you be? Oh, I'd be an athlete. Be an athlete. Yeah, if I if I could do anything I want, I'd be an athlete. Right. Yeah. The um, I am made for the daily improvement, mm-hmm. like the daily go in, do your reps, get better, know you did the work. Because you have a lot of passions, so much right? Fulfillment. So, like, I would not be surprised if you said chef, or if you said uh, sommelier, or if you mm. said author, or something like that. Just there's because a few, you, like, there's a few worlds that I'd like I'd like to live. But um, out of any of them, it would be, if I could go be something tomorrow, it would be like starting lineup on a pro soccer team. I don't think it'd be soccer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it'd be football. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it'd be football. Okay. And here's why. Um, I think it has the best like lifestyle around it. Mm-hmm. So you have one thing you're preparing for a week, one team... One matchup. There's so much work to be done. There's always something more you can do to get better at, like in terms of prep. And and you love the training. I love the training. Yeah. And so if I'm somebody who loves training, I should do a sport that rewards training. Versus like a baseball where it's performing all the time. You're versus, game, 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 yeah. game. And you're kind of trying to like maintain as best you can. Like game, baseball is a long grind mm-hmm. experience. Football probably feels long because like you get beat to shit every year, but... It's 18 weeks in the playoffs. It's it's less than half of a year. And it's just about like getting awesome in the offseason, staying healthy through the season, and being as prepared as you possibly can all the time, mm-hmm. which feels like it would fit me perfectly from a personality standpoint. Interesting. So add 40 pounds to my frame yeah. and give me a 4 three forty and Pro I'll go play player. football. Yeah. I don't know why I've been thinking about that question some recently. Yeah, what would like, you do? You know what's funny? I... If I could do anything, yeah. I'd be a movie director. Oh, interesting. Because I love storytelling. I love the gear. I love yeah. film. I fucking eat all that shit up. What's the second thing you'd be? Uh, like secondary if I could not be that, or what would I be on the side? No, no, no. What's like, imagine you're not a filmmaker. What's the second choice? I don't know, actually. Yeah. Because I would not want to be a professional runner. 
I don't yeah. want to weigh 80 pounds and whatever. Like, sure. I would love to be a filmmaker who also, like, does ultras as a hobby. Sure, shit, sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. I don't know what the secondary one would be because, I, I mean, I love a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know. I do something really random. Yeah. I own a vineyard. Oh, it'd be great. If I could transport myself to a time and place, I've always thought it would be the wildest thing to be, like, an, an explorer. Mm. just the craziest experience you could ever have like there's a whole world that nobody knows exists Mm -hmm. let's cut out the like conquistador side of that yeah i'm not a i'm benevolent treasure hunter (laughs) i mean you can be a a modern version of that too yeah you know there's something that now to do that you have to go to like the fucking deep ocean well but you can like go to the jungle or go to you know like yeah, but it's already the been desert discovered. People, or, like, you know, like people have discovered those. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so you mean like I'm, finding I'm like world new, of discovery. Like you need the, Magellan. You need the Enneagram 4 version of being an adventure. Yeah, I'm talking about where like, nobody else has seen this. No thing one's before. done this yet. This is new. Um, <laughs> that would be a world that I would like to lead. And then there's probably a another life of like. What's the other thing? I don't know. Because you know what would be so fun? If we just had like fuck you money and all this yeah. stuff went great it was we like there'd be like restaurants and i never want to own a restaurant no not at all really no it's the worst business model in the world your margins are this big here's the thing okay not manage it but to own one no i don't want that, that just like that operated well no no they don't make money really they don't make money no but money is not an issue but if it operates like if i don't even I'm not even in there. Let's go to somebody else's. You just have a place that you own, and then you get to choose the ambiance and the wine list and the whatever. No, nah, dude, if you're not going to be involved in it, you can't tell the operators what the fucking ambiance and wine list is. Oh, fair. I mean, you get yeah. your fingers now in we're getting that functional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Like, there's things that don't have any necessity for me to own. If I just had fuck you money, I wouldn't need to go own a restaurant. I would just go to great restaurants. I would just go to great restaurants. <laughs> but a vineyard would be cool. Yes. That would be fun. Okay. Maybe but I, but I, I really, like, I really don't really care about owning the vineyard either. I would only want that world if I also was the winemaker. Okay, like live that life. Uh huh. Like I am. That is my job. You know what I mean? What a if, fun like, version. Of small my life. vineyard that produces very limited bottles a year, and yeah. just it's like a hobby that like keeps, I mean, it, it's self sustaining. It's self sustaining. It pays for your life. You live there. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're making art. Like you're you're creating something. Mm-hmm. Oh, photographer. Oh, yeah, that's I can like see you very close that. to it's very close to filmmaking. But I would not do like I would not be like a wedding photographer. I'd be like, like a Nat Geo photographer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like a Nat Geo photographer. Oh, let's go. Yeah. I'm so close because two of my hobbies are camera and film, whatever centric, that one of the expensive things on my list is another camera because I'm like, I am so passionate about this shit that I should just like let myself have that hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you not? Because the barrier to entry is incredibly high. Incredibly high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All of your hobbies are very expensive. Oh, oh my gosh. Every single one. They're really expensive. You, like, if you want to do any of the things that I want to do, you have to be prepared to start out spending $10,000. Wild. <laughs> $5,000. <laughs> but still, it's just, like, so dumb. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, honestly. I don't know how that happens. Watches. Yeah. I would love to, like, own a watch what if, brand. Or, would, that, would you be, would you have a fun life being a watchmaker? Uh, no, because I couldn't be like that detail with okay. my hands, like putting yeah. watches together. Uh, if I had the skill set, being a watch designer potentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, remember we talked about if you could make it happen being the thing. 
Yeah. Like you were just, you could do it. What would you do? I'd be like a watch curator, mm-hmm. you know? I would have, if I could do anything, I would yeah. make something up. And it's, I would have a brick and mortar location okay. that does commerce and all of my interests. Oh, okay. So it'd be a place where you can go and you can buy expensive coffees and expensive wines and there's pre-owned watches and there's nice bicycles and it'd just be a place for essentially rich people shit. Yeah. Right? It'd be like, rich people shit. It'd be like, it'd be called like commerce. It could be called like rich people shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just get to enjoy and curate things for people. I like. You he, do like a curation. You're good at that too. I love like the extra bougie, whatever I want version of being like a personal shopper. I can like curate things mm. for people. Like Nick texted me this morning. He's like, I need a winter coat. Help me out. I'm like, all right, I got you. You actually could, you know, honestly, you could, you could start that. Yeah. Like, let me just curate shit for you. I talked like, to Karen uh, about that. If I was like, for people who, uh, either they for themselves or like for their husband just like couldn't give a shit about what they have. They just want to know that it's good and money's no object. And I'm just like, so there's like, yeah, I need a watch. I'm like, all right, I'll do that for you and I'll take 10%. I yeah. need a new wardrobe as I'm getting this job. All right, I'll take 10%. Yeah. I'll get you set up. Yeah. I need to know what car I should go buy. Cool. Great. I'll take 10%. 10%. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just like figure out all the stuff Give me you your need. budget. 10%. I'm like a lifestyle builder. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you'd be great at that. <laughs> so that's what I would do. Yeah. I would fucking hire you for that. If I was like, Reed, fix my wardrobe. It'd be so great. Yeah, you'd be awesome at it. So You should start offering your services. Oh, well, I, I, I've i honestly thought about it in this world of like, how do I do a side gig yeah. thing? Like, how do I get that off the ground? You it's just like, got hey, to get a customer. Hey, rich people. Yeah, and then you get a referral. Yeah. Seriously. She talked about uh, Drew. He's like, he... Lives in New York, makes a shitload of money, couldn't give a shit. I'm like, you know, yeah. a couple grand, I get a couple hundred bucks out of it, build a wardrobe. There you go. First <laughs> client, done. Yeah. Make it happen. Do it. That'd be so Stuff great. like that, I feel like you got to go like hand-to-hand combat. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to like get one, do it. It'd be a referral game, 100%. All referral game. Because somebody's like going out and shopping for that. No. But some people would love the ease and money's no object. Yeah. Gosh. Well, like if you're going to spend $2,000 on a wardrobe update, it's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Oh, that's great. And you're also somebody who like, because you like research. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine I didn't have Katie and I was like, oh, fuck, got to get a new dishwasher. Oh, sign me up. I'd be like, tell me what the fuck to buy. I do that shit. Yeah. I help my parents figure out what appliances to get for their kitchen when they did a remodel. There you go. <laughs> See? It's like literally world. anything that costs a lot of money, I like researching. Yeah, you do. It's amazing. You <laughs> care about these things. That's hilarious. And then I get to live vicariously through them because I can't afford any of it myself. So right. it's like I still experience it. And then you just, you know, find richer people and then charge, and then I more, can't afford charge more than 10%. And then you'll make more. <laughs> Someday. 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 Pick out my supercar. Okay, it'll be 50%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, somebody set up for that. Help shit. me get a NetJets account. Okay. Oh, deal. 30%. Okay. Annual, Somebody's like, annually. I want, I just made a lot of money and I want a, a watch collection from zero. Yeah. Go. Here's five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, I take I take twenty percent. <laughs> this podcast sucks. <laughs> Anybody like it's so easy to hate us. Oh yeah, it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, okay, well let's go a little bit less pretentious. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, main topic today that I want to explore with you. It hasn't been on my mind for any particular recency bias. It's just a thing that I've thought about here and there because I feel like I think about it a little bit differently than some people. Mm. Is 
the pressure that we feel to continue all relationships always versus having like moments in time and you have relationships, friendships, whatever, that like you don't continue and that's totally okay because it served a purpose for that period of time. You, f- you feel pressure about keeping them all? I think society does. Interesting. And I think it's BS. I don't feel that pressure. Really? Yeah. So you think that like relationships that you continue to different phases all are purely organic and they happen because everybody wanted them to. Mine have been. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a nonsense thing that I feel like I have heard and experienced from people. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know, like, because my experience is also kind of weird. I kept having these, like, moves at high transition points. Mm-hmm. So I moved after middle school. I moved far away after high school. I moved far away again after college. So a lot of the, like, classic transition points in my life have also coincided with geographical transition. Mm-hmm. So it was where you might have somebody who, well, like, you might be a good example of this. Grew up in Carmel, mm-hmm. went to Carmel, went to Bloomington, came back to Carmel. So a lot of your transition points didn't have a break like mine did. Yeah. Where I think there's a natural thing that happens to people where you, all right, you come out of middle school, you're into high school, it's your same friend group, but like people are changing. So you have to navigate this like uncomfortable moment of like, am I still friends with this person anymore? I don't mm-hmm. know if I am. And then you get to the end of high school and it happens again. But like a lot of times I watched it happen from afar. People who went to high school together all go to Purdue in my case, or they all go to IU. In, you know, so there were like groups of people from my high school who went to Purdue, went to IU, and they stayed friends at Purdue, and they stayed friends at IU, and then a bunch of them like moved to Chicago, aka IU North after IU, yep. and like stayed friends again. And there's like these like transition points where you just kind of keep in the same circle. Whereas mine was like graduate middle school, moved to Lafayette, don't drive. Obviously, I'm 13 or 14, so have to transition, and then graduate high school and move to North Carolina. So. My friends are gone. I don't have friends in North Carolina. I have like one teammate who I grew up playing soccer with in Indiana, right? So I have like one dude who I know. So make a new friend group. And then graduate college, move to Florida, move to Indiana, start over again. Friend group that existed in Indiana is dispersed or haven't talked to in eight years. So not going to like really reconnect with them necessarily. Yeah. Did you feel any pressure to? Not really. Yeah. There were like some people who I was happy to, but like not like pressure. Mm -hmm. And then my college friends that I've stayed in contact with, it's been really organic. It's like my three roommates and I, who were just like, we're so close that we're still really close. And then a bunch of my teammates and we all play fancy football together. And we, we talk during football season. Mm-hmm. And then we like might say what's up every now and again outside of that, but it's not like all the time. But it's super organic. So I don't feel a lot of like pressure to do so. Because what I've experienced sometimes is there will be people who uh, either there's a friend in the group that like, makes really bad decisions or behaves in a really different way or like uh, so you have a, a broad group of people and some graduated college and became adults and yeah. went, and some people were stuck in college, but they all still hang out together because they were friends for the period of time. Yeah. But then they kind of don't actually approve of each other's lifestyles. Or they just don't blend. They're just like not blend. the same person. And like, then why are you friends? And I yeah. feel like people are always afraid to like break up with friends, break up with friends, or just like not, you know. I'm like, if like who, why? Just end it. How do you feel about this with family? Oh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yep. Um, I've got I've got counterculture views on you've this. Got counterculture views. <laughs> so here's the thing. I 
I grew up in a family that was very close, spends lots of time together, um, like extended family, all those kinds of things. And everybody is always, always together for all the events and all this, like, you know, whether it's like a little birthday here to uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving, whatever, everybody's always together. Um, but I think there's this pressure of like, we must do, we must share all these experiences, but people naturally in an extended family of 30 people have very different interests and have matured and some have families and whatever. I don't feel pressure to, uh, do everything with everybody all the time for myself Mm -hmm. because I'm like, to me, it's, it's very similar. It's like, I care about all these people a bunch, but if we have very different interests, that's okay. We don't need to like do stuff. I have this thing where it's like, why this is, I'm going to sound like such a dickhead. Why do I have to care about you? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I don't know if there's just something weird about me where like, I don't, feel, I don't feel this like, I don't feel this sense of blood connection. I don't know how else to say it. I don't, I don't know that I feel this sense of like, those are just my people because they're my family. Mm-hmm. The like obligation of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have like, obligation don't to, your family to it. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, it's actually the least obligation thing possible because you didn't get yourself into it. Like in my head, I'm like, it, with like your friends or in like the groups that you're a part of, like you inserted yourself into that group. So I actually feel more obligation to my friends that I've chosen to be really close with mm-hmm. than I do to family who I was born into. For me, I actually, I don't think, I think of it family or friends. I don't think I even break it down that way. Yeah. I just don't like the obligation that everybody has to get along. It's okay to like not want to be around certain people. Yeah. But we're like, I feel like we're, there's this pressure that you have to want to be around people and get along with everybody and find shared things. I'm like, if we have no shared interests or you have a very different outlook on things than I do or whatever... Okay. Okay. I, I feel this, like I hear this thing a lot from Midwesterners. I don't know if this exists outside of the Midwest where it's like, well, this is who we've got. This is our family. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel very clear that if I had a, like if I had a need, I don't feel any difference between my roommates from college and my family. Like they would help me as much, if not more and quicker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting because I don't think that that's normal. Like, I don't think that everybody has friends that are quite that tight. Yeah, that. uh, So it might just be like me, like coloring my own view of the world because I'm fortunate enough to have that really good strength of relationship. Well, part of the trick is with all of this. The family stuff gets a little bit tricky because people have all different kinds of relationships with their family. Some have terrible relationships. Some have none. Mm -hmm. Some have amazing. Like. I have a great relationship with my whole family. We all yeah, and like great. I love my family. It's you know? great. It's, it's just like, like you know, so I like, choose to love my family. Yeah, I don't feel an obligation to love my family. Uh huh. Ah, oh, so interesting. You know what? I wonder if it, like I don't feel a lot of obligation for anything. You really don't. <laughs> I do not because you rebel against the should. Yeah, stuff I don't like so being, much. I, should is just bullshit. And to me. should is obligation. Yeah, it's right. So you don't want to. You don't want anything to be forced. The moment I feel forced into something is the moment I stop doing it. 
Interesting. I wonder how that could be extrapolated into things that aren't the very optional things that we choose. Like yeah. the minute, you know, fitness becomes a forced thing, it's going to suck. Or the minute, like, you know, and these things are like kind of, there's structure and whatever on them. But what about like bigger picture than that? Like what is like what? forced? I don't know. Like what do you feel is an obligation that you can't escape? Can I give you a really good example of this? Yeah. This is this is how my brain works. Okay. This is, get ready. I'm very get, excited. Strap in because you're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you we got like the racing seat belts locked in right now so you know i'm obsessed with north carolina yep love raleigh oh really particularly and Wait, did you play soccer in college I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> um and i have i had uh from like the moment i moved out until like three months ago basically been on this like the only way i could put it is like crusade <laughs> To find a reason to move back to North Carolina. Yeah. And the moment Katie said to me, we can explore that, my desire to do it went down at least 25%. Mm-hmm. Because it no longer felt like a thing that I was trapped in Indianapolis. Now it was, I get to make a decision on if I'm going to be in Indianapolis. And my happiness level of being in Indianapolis has steadily increased since that day. And you know what's hilarious? It's all just your own mindset. 100%. Nothing about Indiana changed. Because nothing about North nothing Carolina changed, changed. Nothing about North Carolina changed. Nothing changed. And some of it is like the pain of change. Like I was talking about a little bit ago. It's like, yeah. oh God, like having to get a mortgage at the rates they are now versus what I pay currently and having to rip all this stuff out and having to move. And like, there's a lot that is also like, if I could just snap my fingers and be done, it would probably feel even more enticing. Mm-hmm. But... It also has at least, it, there's a lot of it that is like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm making the decision now. So like when I don't feel forced into being somewhere, all of a sudden I'm much happier at the place. It's the same thing. Like it, if you, like Kyler manages me, right? But if Kyler was like, you're making 150 cold calls a day, that is you now what you are going to do. Yeah. Your job is dictated. I'll be like, okay. But if I was making the outbound motion up from a sales standpoint and said i think to do this i have to make 150 cold calls a day you can bet your ass i would be in my little room with my headphones on making 150 cold calls like well i'm just doing it same action same outcome same everything but if i get to make the decision on it totally in but if i'm being told what to do totally out well i feel like we've talked about that idea on this show multiple times of uh choice like the importance of choice and how people make bad decisions when they can't choose but then the problem comes you have people who are like well people make bad decisions when they can choose and that's also true yeah it came up on a thousand stories i think it was with nick and he was talking about how or maybe it was mark about how a bunch of people quit during covid because they that was the only thing they could control oh yeah who did talk about that i feel like it was one of those two yeah i think it was one of those two i can't remember it's like they ended up quitting because they have the wrong reasons because it's the only thing they can control because everything else was forced on them the restrictions and the this and the that yeah we hate i think by and large people probably hate being told what to do it's like we've talked about various forms of motivation on here before but like uh daniel pink's book drive talks about autonomy being very important for job satisfaction yeah i think it's just important for life satisfaction like i was listening to um did you listen to the huberman series with um uh Dr. I think it was Conti. He's talking about like the structure of health, like a healthy mental state. Maybe. He talked about the two, the um two like states we should try to be in our agency and gratitude. 
Mm-hmm. Agency being you determine your own future and life and gratitude being you're thankful for the things you have, obviously. Everybody knows what gratitude means. Um, but he talked about like the agency piece being really important for mental health. And so then you need to, in, like in order to have agency, you must have choice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe I'm not weird for feeling that way, but it's, it's that's how my brain works. The only thing I'm recognizing right now is that one of your strengths is you have excellent recall. mm of like anything you've ever consumed, you can pull to the surface like that and remember yeah, something from. It's true. And I have really shitty recall. It's like, yeah, I probably listened to that and I don't fucking know. It's funny. I wonder if that's genetic because my middle sister, they thought they thought she had a photographic memory for a long time. Because mm-hmm. she can just... Yeah. And my whole family's dumb at school. Like, mm-hmm. really good at school. And a lot of school is just like recall. Like, do I remember when I did that problem? Yep, that answer. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Because in conversation, you'll reference a section from one of a hundred books that you've read. This is true. I do that. But it just kind of comes... Like you, <laughs> dude, you love a book reference. I love a book reference. <laughs> I want to do a counter. I want to do a drinking game. Yeah. And it's anytime Joe says, have you ever read blank? <laughs> that would be a fun game. What is the book that somebody was asking me about that I haven't read? What? I was really happy about it. I was like, oh, good. I haven't read that one. I haven't finished Sapiens. Really? Which is like the most like... Well, it's long as hell, right? Oh, God. It's a disaster. It's very... I mean, it's like a good book. It's just... It, it, the reason I laugh at myself is that it's kind of like the most sexy of the books to read, and you would think that somebody like me uh-huh. would have read it. Yeah. You're like, I'm an intellectual, I am an, so of course I I've read Sapiens. smart professional. I must have read Sapiens. I wonder if the subject of resistance to change is actually related to this. Mm. Yeah. Because it's like you, when you go through these changes in life, whether it's going to college or moving cities or whatever, you have to go and like make these new friendships, you know? And that the ones that you have are safe because they're not change. Yeah, I think there's something to that, man. Like I it's don't know. being scared on the other side of what would happen if you did that. If you decide that you need some different relationships in your life. You have to go through the change, the pain of change, to make that a reality. And it's like many f- phases of pain, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to have the pain of like the breakup, quote unquote, which is like, I'm not going to be part of this friend group anymore, or I'm not going to be friends with you anymore, which mm-hmm. is a very like, it's not like firing somebody, which is like this role isn't good for you. There's mm-hmm. a separation of who that is and role. When you're like, I don't want to see you anymore. It's like, I don't like you. I feel like most people, <laughs> they go about that by just disappearing. They just ghost. Nobody actually has a conversation about it. No, they just it. ghost. It's like ghostiness. That's what bothers me the most. I think it's the like lack of like accountability and ownership in that. Of like everybody does. They just ghost. I'm like, what is wrong with, for some reason, if like it did not make sense for us to be friends, Yeah. to just be like, you know, I just think like we have different interests. Let's just not force this. Yeah. And that just being okay. And because because everybody's scared of what the reaction is going to be. It's like, why can't that just be okay? And maybe the person's upset. Great. You know what's that's better than just disappearing? Yeah, making everybody wonder what happened. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, ghosting's a problem. I think people um like well, Kelly talked about this on Thousand Stories where she was like interpersonal skill is yeah. lacking. People just try to avoid it. Well, nobody gets taught how to do it. We run into our own stuff all the time, right? Like, oh God, I'm going to sound so old. When's the last time you were bored? I know that we should be bored. Well, just like we can fill every piece of discomfort with a way to get away from discomfort. Mm-hmm. I'm too cold. I'll put on a sweatshirt. I'm too hot. Let me get in front of a fan. Uh, 
it's it's hot out right now. I need all my air conditioning. Um, I'm uh, bored social media. I'm bored social media. I'm standing in line. My phone. I don't like this conversation. Mm-hmm. Look at my phone. Look at my phone. I'm Ugh. picking on phones, but like just I, fill in the gap. I hate people using their phones all the time. I know. I hate myself doing it, but it's so I, I'm, fucking I'm hard to stop. Too. Yeah. Like I'm trying to get to the point where when I walk somewhere, I don't look at my phone. Yeah, we talked about and that. Then I get bored and I'm like, bleh, bleh, phone. Any like, distance, oh. any distance here to the kitchen phone. that for people who don't know is like 20 yards. Yeah. Phone. It's a, it's a 20 second walk. Between here and my desk, phone. I will look at my phone. Phone. And it's interesting because normally what I'm looking for is a dopamine hit of an email. Mm. Ooh, wonder who might have messaged me. What Just a dopamine of anything, anything, right? You see a notification, you see a whatever, right? That's why I think people, you know, when phones first started becoming more of a common thing, there was the, like, phone bowl and, like, everybody put their phone in a thing. Oh, yeah. Right? At, like, a gathering, whatever, yeah. so you're present. I'm fully fucking on board with that I'm idea. I'm here for that. When there are people over, I would love nothing more than, like... There are very few emergencies. It's very unlikely that is that going to happen. And it is very, very unlikely that you are the only person who can respond to one of those things. Yeah, it's so super let's unlikely. All put our fucking phones away. It um I did this Sunday. I was like, I just need a break from this. And I, I was like feeling agitated. I was feeling I don't know, I was just feeling off. And so I was like, I just need a break from my phone. I put it away for like three hours. It was like the most lovely three hours of my day. It's so I was great. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, why don't we do this more? Because it's actually addictive. It's actually it's fucking with super our chemicals. Addictive. It's it is. I'm not going to sit here like people make these cl- like. Well, this is going to be smoking in 20 years. Like ah, no, it's not. Mm. I'm not getting cancer from my phone. But there's like well, real mental health implications. Maybe, maybe yeah, I you, maybe am you getting are getting cancer yeah. from my phone. But theoretically, uh-huh, um, yeah. or like sitting is the new smoking. I'm like stop, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop. That's um, some uh, real like Today Show Good Morning America shit that right is there. Some real- Today show Good Morning America shit. Um, yeah, but like I think my the where I got the, from that is like I think because we never have to deal with conflict, we forget how to deal with conflict. And any kind of conflict is it's not just actual conflict. Like I don't like what you said, and now we're going to talk about that. But even like awkward pauses. I love not a, having a topic to, to talk about. I love a lull. Yeah, a lull in conversation. I am so fine if I'm like hanging out with somebody, talking with somebody, and we get to an end point and a topic and we just stop. Are we yeah. are just there? I am so fine with that. I get uncomfortable because I can feel the other person's discomfort. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. And so for them, I will, you know, but like, no, I have no issue with it. Yeah, it's a skill. If we like were had a coffee shop and having a great conversation and then just for a period just stopped and just sat there with our coffees. How does that how does the idea no, of that funny, make you feel? Funny, because it makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'd be like, does Reed want me to talk to him right now? Or does Reed not want me to like, you know, like if we were at uh-huh. ICR and we were just sitting there and like our conversation just lulled, which it probably wouldn't because like, you and I always have something to talk about. But <laughs> imagine that it did. I would just be like, Am I supposed to be talking right now? Or am I not supposed to be talking right now? I feel like it's something that you have to have talked about with people. Like you have to have yeah. covered that in the relationship yeah. of like we're like we can, if we, we ever can have sit a together lull, we can not, sit together. Yeah, and not not be weird about it. You know what that makes me think of is uh like hugging people. Mm. I feel like you it's like good to know if people are huggers or not. Oh yeah. I like hate the awkward. What do I do? Are we here hugging thing? or not? Thing. 
And so I wish everybody would just say, like, it, it becomes this awkward, like, what am I supposed to do? What should I do? What does society say this interaction should go like? Yep. Versus like, what are you, a handshake guy or a hugger? Hugger, great. You're, and then are you just a knuckler? Are you an elower? What are we into nowadays? Did that with, I just call my cousin now, but my cousin's husband uh-huh. came into the family and we had a conversation. It's like, are you a hugger? Like, yep, yep, okay, from now on, that's what we do. <laughs> it's like, why can't we just fucking do that? No, we should. People are just awkward, man. People are so awkward. But like, we're awkward, and we have to learn to not be awkward, but I think we're skipping the social structure of teaching people to not be awkward by allowing us to always have a thing to, like, run away to, yep. which is typically a cell phone. It could be something else. I don't know. But, like, yeah. it's actually the same thing as the kid who used to, like, you know, bring their book on family vacation or like to an extent, or like to an afternoon, not family vacation, bring a book, whatever. Yeah. But like the person who brings the thing with them to like the get together and then like you, they're off in the corner, not really there. I bring my laptop everywhere <laughs> because you know what? I can always escape to it. Work. Yeah. You can always run to work. Yeah. So it's like, there's a little bit of, I don't know. There's just like this element of like, you need to be uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. You really do. Like, and that's where I kind of strike the balance, right? Because uh, there will be conversations at like gatherings that I have no interest in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so I will go and like do dishes mm. to I, remove I myself from that. stuff that I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. And that to me feels healthy. So yeah. it's like, what's yeah. the... It's interesting. Because um, people are like, oh, man. we like... I do that. We, I, I don't do that. like that you're like not part, like we want you to be able to participate. You're like, I feel bad that you're over there doing this thing. I'm like, I want to be here. I don't want to be over there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do that. I've never noticed that that's why I do it, but it's totally why I do it. I might like just be getting a little bored with the conversation. I'm like, yeah, I can just ex- excuse myself and go do the dishes instead. Yeah. I'll disappear for like two hours and just be cleaning shit up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long time. Yeah. I'm trying to think if that's okay or not. Like if, when I... <laughs> I'm trying to decide if that's okay. Like for me, it, it normally is um, within reason. I like I remove myself to the extent where it's too much, uh-huh. where it's almost unfair to other people who want to share time with me. Yeah, and I'm not. Do you not want to share time to with happen. them? I get super drained, and so I need to go away. Yeah, see, that's what I was gonna say. I think it's okay if you recognize, like, in the moment, you're like, you know what, I'm hitting my point where I'm going to cease to be fun. Or cease to provide value in this environment. Provide value sounds really like transactional, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. add to the group. Because what happens frequently, so for like extended family gatherings, we have a super high energy family. Yeah. Everybody's very talkative, super high energy, loud. Well, it's like all of this all the time, whatever. And I want a one-on-one conversation. Right. And But because of just the dynamics, everybody's doing all this stuff together. And yep. I am exhausted by it. Yep. Katie's family and like, family that has that develops up there at the lake is is like that and i obviously fit right into that like i can handle a conversation here and here and here and here and like keep all of it together and be great in that environment but there are times where i'm like you know what i've been hanging out with these people for eight hours straight i need some i need some i need a break I need a break from talking do you feel like that is seen as okay or is yeah. it like oh why is he going off i don't think it's a problem yeah i think if it was like If you weren't present ever, uh huh. Because I've seen this happen at like my extended family. We were like thirty five people in my mom's side of the family, right? And there will be times where like somebody's missing, and it'll be like weird. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen them at all 
today or yesterday. Like, let's say we have, like, a two-day Christmas thing. Yeah. Like, where where's so-and-so been? I haven't seen him in eight hours. Mm-hmm. Why is he off doing that forever? Then it's sort of weird. It's like them saying, I don't want to be around you. But, like, a break, like a, a 30 minutes by yourself, an hour by yourself doesn't feel weird. I think it actually, for me, it goes back to communication again. Because what I hear is, oh, people think you don't want to spend time with them. Right. They think it's like a reflection of me on them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah. amazing. It's just for me, I can't. I'm drained. I need an hour. Yeah. It's actually not any different than being like, I can't run that fast. Like, yeah. It's not a fact that you're too fast of a runner. It's, it's I can't hold that pace, so I need to go like rest. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, whatever. Like that, it's actually the same thing. So, like, I have this desire to have these conversations of like, but it feels so selfish. Really, I think like, it's very giving. It's not about you when I fuck off for a while. Yeah, it's not. I, I actually think it's super I giving. Like, I love you and I enjoy spending time with you. Not in this environment. Yeah, and that's great. I think it's a super like I. I actually think that being. Uh, what is the term that somebody uses for this? Uh, or rather, I know the term. I don't remember who said it, but clear is kind. But I feel like I have to address like 30 people in a like, you know, formal conversation. Because I'm not going to have that one off with everybody. Um, I feel like you could just like set the expectation of like, hey guys, I'm about to go just hang out for a little bit because... You guys know me. I'm an introvert, and I'm just I'm I'm extroverted out. I'll see you in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting. Because yeah, I mean, I think it's just like people will tell stories in whenever there's a gap in information. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. Like we are a storytelling people, like or, or a storytelling animal. It's what we do. So we give everything a story. Our brain's job is to tell a story about a thing that we see so that we can react to it well. And in light of other information, we will make up information in order to not feel in the dark. Yeah. So, for example, we talked about ghosting earlier. Imagine you've been like seeing somebody for a couple weeks. You've gone out a couple times and you're like not really sure how either of you are feeling about it. And then they just like don't text you back. And you're like, ah, I must suck. Mm-hmm. that's the automatic response that you'll give yourself you actually don't know they could have gotten hit by a car yeah. they could be out of the country they could have work travel could have broke their phone could be taking a phone break like i mean there's and everybody so many also potentials. assumes that it's like if a if people are not compatible for whatever reason whether it's a normal like a romantic relationship or otherwise yeah. that it's like if this doesn't work it's because I am bad versus just like oh, we are different. Yeah. You know? So because yeah. like, so you fill in the gap with, oh yeah, I must suck for whatever reason. They must think I'm, I must not be good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus like, we just have very different personalities. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. I think there is a, there's an interesting like self-assessment that we do when it probably isn't like appropriate to do so mm-hmm. in like many circumstances. Both positive and negative. We take too much credit for things that are good, and we take too much blame for things that are bad. Mm-hmm. Because what you'll do is you'll all the things you already don't like about yourself, you'll just assume those are the reasons. Yeah, and they might not even like recognize it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, oh yes, because I think I'm fat. I'll be like, oh man, I just I must have been way too opinionated in that conversation. Now they don't like me. 
<laughs> it might have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Are the lights off out there? Somebody turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, I don't know. This didn't even turn into the conversation that we planned, which is great. That's how it always goes. All about. Yeah. Is it time for you to go get food or work out? No, I'm good. I, I'm off today. <sighs> oh, yeah. I need Thursday. to do some more work. I'm off work tomorrow, too. So I need to do a little bit of work before I head. Yeah. But I feel like you've taken some Fridays. I have, and I still don't have enough days used. <laughs> oh, because you're running out. I yeah, run out of yeah, time. Yeah. You run into this in June, right? Uh, I might not have to this year if I stick to my PTO that I probably oh, yeah? won't stick to. Mm. I was asked today, do you think you'll actually not work that whole time if you take that time off? Like, I don't think you'll not work that whole time if you take that time off. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll work then less. don't take I'll all work the time less. Like, but here's the thing. What would likely happen is rather than working a full day of like nine hours or whatever, uh, I'll work like an hour. You know, I'll like do some things. I'll like tinker. What if you did like an hour? What if you did like four hours? Mm-hmm. Took half a day back. Well, the problem is then it defeats the like... Uh, rejuvenation aspect of the time off. What I should do is zero. You should do zero. Or all. Yeah. You know? Yes. Like, taking time off to just work less... Doesn't really work. Doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how the fuck we got on that tangent, but... Uh, We got on that tangent from me talking about taking some Fridays off. Oh, yeah. And still having more than I need to take off. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to. I might just not work any Fridays in December. So how many extra days do you have to get rid of? Right now I've only I'm down to one and a half extra. Okay. To be able to roll my five to next year. And why can't you just add on to one of the vacations that's already happening? Um, I could. I have a clarity break the day after Thanksgiving break ends. Uh-huh. So but that's a clarity break day. It's different than a PTO day. Yeah. And then what about the day before? The day before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like the Wednesday? The Wednesday. Nah, I could. Why would you not? Um, I think I'd rather take it on like December 10th. Okay. So I probably just won't work any Fridays in December. Okay. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> we love a three day weekend. We, we, they are awesome. Actually, I don't know if I do. I love a three at two Saturdays is just incredible. Cause I feel like I tested that and it didn't work for me. So now I'm like, I'm going to take time off. I'm going to take mm. 17 days off. It doesn't make me feel super rejuvenated. But it makes it's the just week nice. awesome. Yeah, if you're not burnt out, it's like a perfectly oh. good thing, but it is not a tool for you're exhausted and you need to recover. No, exactly, exactly right. It's I would like if you're in a good, healthy place. Four-day work week, I would be awesome. Yeah. I would be awesome in a four-day work week. My dad vouches for it. I would smash it. Yeah. I would be so good at it. Yeah. I would huh. destroy a four-day work week. In our world, you like... I mean, you can't. My world, it would work. Yeah, your world, it would kind of work. work. Yeah. Where uh, do you create the output that you need to? I uh, Nobody gives a shit how much you work. I probably, if we get to a point where I'm like, look at this consistent fucking pipeline, <laughs> might just stop working Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> might work like Friday mornings and leave. Yeah. Like, yeah, look at this pipeline. It's fucking great. I'm doing all this in four days. If you generated the pipeline that we needed and you could somehow make that happen in like 16 hours. Oh, my God. How to lock Joe up for life at Element 3. Make yeah. that a reality. Make that a reality. Because nobody could ever be like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you a better life than working 20 hours a week. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, what a dreamland. Then you'll yeah. work at your vineyard. Yeah, perfect. Build a vineyard. All right, what the hell are we calling this episode? I have no idea. <laughs>